0: Hello. Today's Bible reading will be from Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 to 8, and I'll be reading from the NIV. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death.
1: Amen. Thank you so much, Vanessa, for that. Thank you to our worship team too, who enjoyed worshiping this morning. Praise God, there was a few, so that's a good thing. It's great to be here. It's great to be sharing the word. This is the last uh, that we will be bringing from Revelation, and I've been given the task of um, covering chapters um, 21 and 22. I'm not actually going to do that. Um, there's there's so much that can actually be contained in that, and in fact, what I am going to cover this morning possibly isn't anywhere near what you were used to having covered from such chapters of Scripture. But uh, I believe that it is what God has given me to speak, so I reluctantly gave in to Him last night, and. Um, I'm doing what he said. So, uh, is the readings 22 1 to 5 there as well? It doesn't matter if they're not, but I'll read those. Yep, okay. So, let's just read from chapter 22 and uh, verses 1 to 5. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the trees of the tree, oh, sorry and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no night. They will not need the light of lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen, and may God bless this reading of His Word. So, obviously, when we go through chapters of Scripture like Revelation, I mean, we could possibly spend weeks, months years even on some of the stuff that is contained in these chapters so our desire as church leaders is that you will actually go home and you'll read what is in chapters 21 and 22 and you will dwell upon that you will dig into that you will try and hear what God is saying to you about the other parts that we are not going to cover this morning as I've already alluded to what I'm going to talk about this morning is substantially different to any time I have approached these two passages of scripture but I believe it is timely I believe it is what God has given me to say and as i said i believe that rather reluctantly so let's just pause and pray as we approach this word father god i thank you so much for your presence your power your love your glory that you pour out upon us i thank you lord that we have celebrated the table which represents the great sacrifice that you made for us and lord we come now to approach your word to hear your voice from scripture we just ask for the truth of that scripture to be revealed to us And Lord, my desire is that as we leave this place this morning, we will leave with renewed hope, that we will see that you have a purpose and a vision for each and every one of us, and that you, Lord, through what you have done in the completed work of Christ on the cross, will do great things for us and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I I, I don't know about you guys, but... We're living in a world vastly different to when I was a teenager. And I think about the stuff that's happened in my lifetime, and I remember there was so much hope. Who remembers when the war came down between East and West Germany? You can raise your hands, it's okay. What a time of celebration. You great, there's going to be peace amongst these nations. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. And there's lots of these now little things happening. Who remembers seeing the coverage of 9-11? Actually, actually forget that put your hands down who didn't see coverage of 9-11 at the time it happened we've only got one girl brave enough to put her hand up two girls there's, there's a generation sitting here who didn't see that coverage who doesn't know how much that changed our lives who don't understand our world was literally i don't know if it's the same for you but for me our world literally changed forever when 9-11 occurred And I don't think any of us will forget that day. I don't think any of us will be able to express the sheer shock, the sheer magnitude of of how horrendous what we're seeing before our eyes truly was. And so we're living in this world where there seems to be this rising evil. There's wars, there's terrorism, there's all this stuff that's touching us in our lifetime. It's changing the way we think about people. And there's all these awful atrocities that are being revealed as being committed in places just like this. Places that say that they follow and pursue God and serve Him. And these atrocities have been covered up and suppressed and people have suffered as a result. We have the situation which seems to be an ongoing situation where there's thousands of countries that have hundreds of thousands, millions of people dying of starvation each and every day. And yet it has been proven over and over again there's enough food in the world to feed everyone. And so it's our greed, our selfishness, that stops that from happening. So many people are driven by pride, greed, self-righteousness, hate and fear that is clearly evident we're living in a broken world I don't believe we're anywhere near what God would have his world to be and in the midst of this we have people who stand out because they make significant difference in their lifetime but when we look at the whole world even those who make significant impact and difference it's very minor it doesn't seem to deal with a bigger problem. I don't know how that makes you feel. I don't know how you've interacted in that with your life. But if I, personally, didn't have Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, I, I couldn't see any reason to go on. If this is as good as it gets, why would you even bother? And unfortunately, I've been pastoring for possibly eight years now. In that eight years, I've personally dealt with 19 suicides. That's an indication of the lack of hope that people have. And that's the world that we're living in right now. And I'd be one of them if I didn't know my Lord and Saviour. All doom and gloom. Well, praise God, that's why God's led me the way that I'm preaching this morning. He's got this incredible thing that he wants to tell us. And Revelation 21 and 22 tell us about the new heaven and the new earth. And they tell us about the type of life that we are actually going to have with God. He will be present with us. We will see him face to face. He's going to wipe away our tears. There's going to be no more pain, no more heartache, no more fear, no more sin. Is that worth celebrating? yeah there should be a resounding amen thank you charlie's not going where we thought he was going he's going to talk about the great things god is doing because he's doing it right now in you but then he's going to have this day where we're going to stand in his presence and his glory and we're going to see what he started completed and it is going to be a wonderful time it is going to be way beyond our comprehension it is going to be more than we can ever possibly hope or dream of Revelation 21 5 said and he who was seated on the throne said behold I am making all things new he also he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true why did he have it written down because he wanted you to read it he wanted you to know he wanted you to believe it this is what I'm going to do and it's a message for each one of you take it believe it apply it to your life And so this morning, the message is going to be quite simple. When you think about how complex Revelation is, this is going to be quite a simple message. I'm just going to talk about the things that God's going to make new for us. I think we're living in a day and a time and a a stage in life where we need a little bit of hope. We need to understand that this isn't as good as it gets. There's so much more to come. And He's got a plan and a purpose in order to outwork that. And so first and foremost, He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And what we read at the beginning of Revelation 21 is a fulfillment of God's Word that we read in Romans 8.22. For we know that the whole of creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. What's it mean that creation's been groaning? Has anyone ever gone out on a mountain and sat there and heard creation groaning? Thank you that no one put their hand up, praise God. I'd be worried. But the thing is that creation is actually groaning. Is this earth we live on all that God wanted it to be? Is it now um, part of God's um, greater perfect plan or is it suffering from the evil that is actually on earth right now? And I think if we think about it, the earthquakes, the volcanoes, the cyclones, the tornadoes, the tsunamis, all those natural disasters, the mudslides and things like that, that leave in its wake just devastation, destruction, heartache. I don't think that was God's plan. I don't think that is what He wanted. And so when Jesus, when God says that they're going to make this new heaven and this new earth, it is going to be a new heaven and a new earth that is going to be fitting for us to live in. And we are not going to suffer those types of disasters ever again. And so creation groans and longs for that. The earth wants to be restored to what it was always intended to be, this beautiful place where we will live in partnership with God. And we will be with Him. He wants us to live and dwell in an environment that is suitable for us in our perfected bodies. It says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and the sea was no more. God wants the earth we live on to be a safe haven for us. Think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and God came and walked with them in the afternoons and they communed together the tree of life was there the tree of knowledge was there it was a beautiful place everything was in harmony that's what God wants again for us he wants that perfection he wants us to be living in harmony with everything that is around us and so for us in order to live there he's going to spiritually renew us And I think this is one of the most frustrating things for me as a Christian, and uh, I hope I'm not on my own when I say what I'm about to say, but you know, in Romans, we see these chapters, these passages of Scripture, and it speaks very, very clearly about where I am. I don't understand what I do. I read Scripture, I pray to God, I hear what He's saying to me, and there's this lifestyle that I want to live, there's this way I want to go, and yet so often I fall down and I fail. I don't do what God would have me to do. The very good thing that I want to do, the way I want to follow God, the way I i want to live for him i actually don't do that there's things that crowd in there's things that distract me you know i read the bible i really do delight in god's word you poor people who have to spend any time with me get pummeled over the head with god's scripture over and over again i really do delight in his word but i don't do it all the time it's this stupid struggle that i it's a battle and it's constant It goes on and on and on I want to live for the Lord I want to be able to show my commitment to him through my obedience to him and my willingness to submit to his authority but I don't always seem to be able to do that And I'm not sure about you but I want to show God's love to others and yet I say and do things that are harmful to friendship my wife knows I'm an absolutely perfect husband. She's laughing. <laughs> I've got some work to do. But, but, but it's true, isn't it? We've got these people that we so desperately love, and I desperately love my wife and I love my kids, but I mess up on an hourly basis with her sometimes. It, it's just insane. It drives me crazy. We do those things that we don't want to do. I want to have this constant desire to worship God, you know. And I, I, I'm so blessed because, you know, I know I only look about 20, but I'm a lot older than that. Yeah, but <laughs> I get to mix with young people. You want to do something awesome in life, mix with young people. And I get to spend time with young people. And we're so, so abundantly blessed. We've got musical instruments at our house. They come along. And I just love it. We do this young adults drop-in thing where the, anyone who's young, young at heart, can drop in. And these guys, they often just pick up a guitar or start playing our piano or something like that. We just end up worshiping God. Praise God, our neighbors hear it too. Some of them have complimented us on the singing and that that we do. Isn't that awesome? They hear praises as well. But I I wanna be in that space. I wanna worship God wherever we're going, whatever we're doing. And they're really exciting times because we didn't plan it. It's just something that happened. And and, and I love those times. Um, Maybe it's my generation. Do you guys still go to the beach with a guitar and... No? No. How sad. Did anyone in my generation go to the beach with you? You went to the beach, praise you, brother. Yeah, you know, we'd just go down there, someone would pick up a guitar and... Oh, sorry, I'm thinking about my Murray friends when I say it like that. And we'd just sit down and we would play guitar and we'd sing praises to God. It was absolutely awesome. We were just, it was euphoric, you know, it was a mountaintop experience. And that's where I want to be. I, even when I'm not with people, I want to I worship God like that. I want to have this attachment to Him where I'm like, yeah, God, you and me, let's do this. And yet I'm not always there. It might be hard for you to believe, but I get sad. I have problems. I have, I have things that weigh in upon me. I've got people that drive me absolutely insane. And, of course, it's none of you guys. <laughs> but I want to be in his presence. I want to know him. But I get this coldness sometimes. And I, I you know, I just don't want to do it. I long for peace. I long for comfort. I long for his presence. I want him to surround me and make me feel secure. I want his word to be true in my life. His word tells me that he will do all things for me. And he will be that comfort. And he tells me not to worry. He tells me he knows the future. He tells me, Charlie, worrying about it's not going to solve a thing. And I don't know about you, but I worry about that and i get anxious about things and everything i do seems to create this detachment with god i want to maintain purity of thought and this isn't just like talking about pornography and how i think how people think about women and stuff like that i want to have pure thoughts about people when someone attacks me I just want to pray that it's been a misunderstanding and I just want to be graciously saying, oh, that poor person, they've, they've totally misunderstood what's happened. Bless them, Lord. That's what I want to do. I think sometimes it's more like, oh, Lord, I wish there was somewhere in Scripture that justified just screwing their neck. I'm going to get into trouble because pastors apparently aren't supposed to speak like that. But we have this longing, this desire to think pure thoughts about everyone. And the reality is, we often want to throttle them. We want to make them see sense. And so I have this frustration of not being the man that I long to be, of not being able to live up to what I believe I should be. And then I come to something like this in Scripture. Now I saw the holy city, the New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who's this? The New Jerusalem? Who's that talking about? This is the Church. And if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is talking about you. And Jesus is telling us that He's going to beautifully prepare us so that we will be a suitable bride for His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about each one of us this morning. He's going to make all things new, and that includes you. You will be perfected. And you need to believe that this is true. It doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter about what you have done. It doesn't matter about how bad you think you are. It doesn't matter that you think you cannot possibly be forgiven for that thing that you have done that detaches you so far from God. He's going to perfect you. And He's going to do it so that you are a bride that is beautifully presented before the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything you think and say about yourself is totally irrelevant when you stand in the glory of God. It's not about you. This is part of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard me say this before and it's very true, very applicable on this day as we speak through this. That first step we make is when we give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we recognise we need Him as our Lord and Saviour. That is our justification, being put back in right relationship with Him. I am being saved. For me, that is, I was saved. And then we come to that space in the middle where we're living on this earth. And this is the exciting bit for us as Christians. But for some reason, we don't seem to talk about this bit too much. This is the bit which is about our sanctification. It's me daily setting myself aside and saying, I'm no longer going to live the way that I want to live. I'm going to live the way that Jesus has called me to live. Lord, you and me together, what are we going to do today? And so it's this setting apart each and every day myself as a vessel to be used by God. That's my sanctification. So each and every day, I am being saved. When I mess up, I know that Jesus says, I can come back to him, I can ask him for his forgiveness, and he will forgive me of those sins. I am being saved. And then there's going to come this day, and we have the veil of death between us and this, and we're going to cross over from death to life, eternal life, and we're going to stand in his presence. We have our justification our sanctification, and this is our glorification. I was saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. And death is going to have no hold on me because I'm going to be standing in His presence and His glory. I was saved, I am being saved, I will be saved. Revelation tells us, then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. This is you guys. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain, showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. This is how he's going to present you. Is that exciting? Can you imagine it? I can't. He's going to make me as clear as crystal. I'm going to be pure. Stop laughing, Michael. (laughs) And for me, this is incredibly moving. There's stuff in here which really speaks to me so clearly. We're going to be living in God's very presence. And this is incredible what God actually does for us. I want you to think back to the Garden of Eden. I want you to think about Adam and Eve before they sinned. Adam and Eve are in the garden and God comes and he walks with them. and 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 they're perfect they've done nothing wrong and so they're having this incredible fellowship with god they're at one with creation they're at one with god and and they're in his presence and then they sin and suddenly they know that notice that they're naked why is that why didn't they notice it up until then i want you to think about moses and moses when 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 he goes and he is communing with god and, and he's seeing some of god's glory and he's in his presence and when he comes out when he comes down from the mountain when he comes out from meeting god what does he have to do he puts a veil on his face because he's glowing he's been in God's presence yeah well think about Jesus when he was transfigured on the mountain he's up on the mountain and 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 God comes and Moses comes and Elijah comes and they have this time of fellowship what is Jesus doing he's glowing part of his glory has been revealed God has been there and he's glowing and so when I think about Adam and Eve Adam and Eve were in perfect union with God they were in his presence and I believe they were glowing I believe they had God's glory on them. And then they sinned. God's glory cannot abide with sin. And suddenly they were naked. They lost the glory of God. They were primarily spiritual beings. They were there to worship God. And they messed up, just like we do. And we no longer have God's glory. We've become primarily physical beings. Having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel. We're going to be in his presence. He's going to give us that glory back. (laughs) And we're going to walk with him, see him face to face. And as that glory rests on us, we're going to be radiant, just like Adam and Eve, just like Moses, just like Jesus. It's going to be like the most rare jewel. It's going to be like jasper. It's going to be clear as crystal. It's going to be a beautiful thing. There is going to be no impurity in us. We will be spiritually and morally pure, prepared beautifully for our final marriage to God's Son. And on top of that, we're going to be physically renewed. God is going to make all things new, including our bodies. And I believe we're going to have physical bodies at that time. And they're going to be different to what we presently have. And, and Paul describes our bodies in Philippians. He says, but our citizenship. What happened there? There we go. Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to be subject to himself. We will have a body just like Jesus. Think about when Jesus was raised from the dead. He, he has this body. And I, I don't fully understand what was going on. Remember when Jesus walked on the road to Emmaus and, and these two disciples were there and he comes along and he starts talking to them? Did they go, yo, Jesus, good, you can come with us. They didn't recognize him, did they? And then Jesus suddenly is standing at a meal and he breaks the bread and they go, wow, it's Jesus. But yet when Jesus appeared to the other disciples, they recognised him. So I actually don't know what's going on there. So these new bodies we have will be recognisable. They will know, well, you guys will know me in heaven and I will know you and that's going to be absolutely awesome. But these bodies are different. You know, we know that Jesus appeared and disappeared. He was doing all sorts of freaky things, which I don't know, who can do that? Yeah, I... No? Okay. Anyway, it's a game I play with Becky at the moment. Long story. But... The thing is, Jesus has got this new body and they're in this room, the doors are locked, they're fearing for their very lives and poof, Jesus is there. I, I, I can't explain it, I, I don't know what's going on there. But this is part of this new body that Jesus is going to, is, has and we're told our bodies are going to be like Jesus, so that's the very least. But you know what, it's going to be so much better than that. Well, this body that I have, this body feels pain. This body suffers, this body dies. And I know you're looking at me and I'm just at my prime, aren't I? Hard to believe this could get better. But, but it does, you know, it's just incredible. And we're told here in Revelation that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. This body is trash. He's going to get rid of it. And he's going to give me something which is going to be so incredible. And it's going to be a body that is designed never to suffer. C- can you imagine what that is like? It's a body that is designed never to deteriorate, to never suffer that heartache and pain. We're presently subject to that death, pain, tears, but our new bodies aren't going to experience that. There'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. All of these things are the former things, things that this body experiences. The bodies that we have in glory will never have to experience such things. That is totally mind-blowing. Think about the people you know in this world. There are so many people who are suffering. So many have terrible illnesses. So many have disabilities. So many are dealing with debilitating pain. So many are suffering in ways that we just do not understand. And some of those people are here with us today. when we stand in glory we're all going to be totally renewed all that's going to pass none of us will suffer like that again we will have new bodies because he's going to give them to us and we're also going to have this new relationship and in case you're wondering that should be number four i'll blame the that's the pcs for he should have no only joking it was me so So we have this renewed relationship with God. And again, I want you to think back to the Garden of Eden. I want to think about what Genesis 3 indicates, um, that God walked in the garden with them. Can you imagine what that would be like? I have those moments where God seems particularly close to me and things like that, and I enjoy that fellowship and relationship with Him, but it's not like walking with Him. It's not like having Him right there beside me. And that's the type of relationship that we're actually going to have. Revelation tells us, he's trying to be smart now and change it (laughs) anyway revelation tells us i heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling of place the dwelling place of god is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and god himself will be with them as their god Uh, it's just incredible we will be with Him. And this is the ultimate fulfillment of God's Word to us. God always has been. He always will be. In Genesis 1, you know, the translation there is really bad in English. It's got this comma where it shouldn't have a comma. It says, in the beginning, God. Is, that's not the way it should be. It should be, in the beginning, God. It's a statement. He always was. And when we look at John one one, in the beginning was God, the Word was God, the Word was with God. He always was. Before everything else. He was there. (laughs) Nice. (sighs) You mock my pain. No, I (laughs) Jason. Can we go back where I was? (laughs) Sweet. And so the ultimate fulfillment of God's word is that he always has been. He always will be. And we see that in 21 6 and he said to me it is done i am the alpha and omega the beginning of the end to the first year i will give the spring of the water of life without payment and we can stand upon this word this is what god is saying to us he is the beginning and the end he always has been he always will be he's going to live forever and we're going to be with him his dwelling place is going to be with us we're going to live with him for eternity and think about that Think about the Old Testament. And the Old Testament had, had this little glimpse of what was actually going to happen in glory. And, the, and they had the tabernacle and God's presence came and fell into the holy of holies. And, and that was a pretty awesome thing for them. But that was just God's presence in that place this is going to be so much different and then jesus came but when jesus came jesus came 100 percent as, as man i mean he was still god but he'd laid aside that deity he'd laid aside that divine power and he came fully as a man so we saw a little of god's glory as through a veil jesus is a direct representation of who god was is in the way he interacted with us and everything like that and the perfect life he lived but he didn't reveal his glory to us and so it was as through a veil that we saw who god was and this, this is going to be so different. This is going to be so incredible. Revelation 21:23 tells us, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives us light, and its Lamb is the Lamb. It's going to be God and Jesus who provides light to the city. It's going to be God and Jesus who provides light to us, because their glory is going to be revealed, and it is really going to be that wonderful. It's really going to be that powerful. And more than anything, I think this is awesome. We will see his face. God is going to make all things new. We're going to be presented before Christ pure, holy, perfect with a body that matches the body he has. A body that experiences no more pain, no more suffering, no more heartache, no more sin. But above all, we're going to see him face to face with his glory fully revealed and we're just going to be in that glory constantly continuously having it poured out upon us freely and continuously do you long for that seriously is this what you want Uh, and seriously we need to think about this If we genuinely want that if our heart and mind is directed towards the things of eternity if we're desiring those things scripture tells us everything in this world will fade away we won't be distracted by it and so the test of whether this is truly your heart's desire is is there anything that distracts you in this world it's temporary it will fade it will rust moth will eat it where is our hope and if we say our hope is in the things that have been discussed this morning that is absolutely awesome praise God I I will celebrate with you and the angels in heaven that you are sure of that hope but if that is our hope how are you engaging with God now God has commenced to work in you when you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ eternity has started for you at that time you will be with Him in glory. But the question is, how are you relating with God between the now and the not yet? How are you desiring to live for Him right here and now? Are you reading His Word? Are you engaging with prayer? Are you encouraging your brothers and sisters? Are you each and every day determined to become more and more like Christ through how you study His Word and how you apply it to your life and how you respond to what Holy Spirit is saying to you? Of course... His desire, first and foremost, is that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But that's only the beginning. He wants you to go on from there. He wants you to be living these lives where people will see that you are different. You're set apart. You've put to death your old self and you're now living for him. You know, I I have this desire that I will be so in love with Christ. I will be so living for him that when I walk through a crowded place, people will see that I love him. I ain't anywhere near there but that's what i desire i want to be so different that people go wow what is it that that guy's got is is that your desire and if that's our desire we must engage with his word we've got to get serious about our faith he wants us to know the daily power of his holy spirit living us his love his provision he's equipping for us to do every good work he has planned for us And guys, don't be sitting there believing the lie that you don't have a work to do. We continually get told about the body of Christ. Each one of us is called for a purpose and a reason and some of you are very quirky people. We're never going to be good mates, good friends, but praise God you're here. You have a purpose and a reason in his kingdom and only you can do it. I might want to try, but I'm going to mess it up because God didn't design it for me to do. He designed it for you. so do you meet with him do you pray to him are you hungry for him and do you feed that hunger by digging into his word it's the only way we can get to know him our desire as leaders is not that you pat us on the back and say gee that was a great message thank you pastor i don't want people to say i'm a great pastor i don't want people to say i'm a great speaker I really don't care to be quite honest i want people to say i've changed my life i'm more committed to jesus i want to obey him and if i hear people saying that i've been faithful to what i've been called to i don't need the other rubbish we just want you to move closer to jesus end of story nothing more let's pray father God I want to thank you for the truth of your word and Lord for me this is a crazy mixed up word this morning but Lord, it's so encouraging and I thank you Lord that even when I think about my life it doesn't matter how bad I think some of the stuff I've done has been I know your forgiveness I know your restoration I know your love that you've poured out upon me. And Lord, I pray for every person here that is hearing my voice, that they will know your love, they will know your forgiveness, they will know that you are standing there to give them that opportunity to ask for forgiveness, Lord, and to ask to be your child, to ask to be restored to faith, Lord. And Father, there's some people here who've made that commitment, who haven't moved on with you. And Lord, I just pray by power of Holy Spirit, you'll be stirring their hearts, that they, they will hear your voice this morning. And the Lord, they'll respond to that. They will make the decisions that they need to make in order to draw closer to you. And Father, I pray for us as a people of God, that we will realize that we are to be your bride. And that, you know, the work that happens isn't a work that we do, it's a work that you do. And you're going to make us beautiful. We just need to submit to that beautification. We need to allow you to do your work. So Lord, that's what we pray this morning. Do your work by Holy Spirit, I pray. Encourage people who need prayer to come forward and be prayed for. No condemnation, no conviction, celebration because they've recognized their need of you. Strengthen us in our faith, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.